Welcome to the Life Point Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses and inspires you to reach God's purpose for your life. What's up, 1030? How you guys doing? God bless you guys. Thank you for being in the house today. There's a lot of places you could have been, but you chose to get to the house. Let me join with my wife, Janet, in welcoming you. If it's your first time here, just relax. We get down for Jesus, right? <laughs> and um, if you need help explaining what that means, right, just, uh, just come and make an appointment and we'll, we'll talk with everybody. But I'm so glad each and every one of you are here. I don't want to miss this opportunity to mention, you know, why we celebrate Memorial Day. We know that there was a sacrifice. My wife mentioned a sacrifice from so many men and women throughout history that made that possible. We get to do things like this because of that sacrifice. This is part of our freedom here. Don't ever forget it. We're so thankful for that. So when you're celebrating tomorrow, don't, don't forget what that was for. And uh, we, we're going to stop and pause here just for a second and say, are there any service men and women in the house? I know there are. We have a bunch of you. Would you raise your hand real quick? <laughs> Veterans in the house, would you do me a favor and stand up? We love you guys. Come on, stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. It means so much that I get to do what I do because you guys did what you did and are doing what you do. So I love, one of the things I love about Homestead is we have this great military presence. And uh, it's, it's just a, a privilege to get to know some of you guys. You know, if you don't know, this is also hard because people come down here and they typically stay for a few years. And I, that's something I had to adjust to and I'm still adjusting to. Uh, a couple of so semesters ago, we were in a connect group and I looked around and I was like, everybody's in the military and they're all going to be gone. <laughs> and sure enough, most of them are gone. And that's part of the process of just loving people while they're here. But I, I also pray that our church is a sending church. Not just that we're, we're just receivers. We have a lot of people coming. Our church is growing. It's growing quickly, and I'm thankful for that. But we're also sending people, um, just as Jesus was sent to be the Savior of the world. Then he left, and he sent the Holy Spirit, all right? <laughs> you guys are catching on quick, right? <laughs> I gave you the answer right behind me. Sent the Holy Spirit just as they were sent. You are sent. And there's people in your neighborhood, your friends, your family that need the love of Jesus. And how are they going to know if you don't tell them? That's what scripture says. That's right out of scripture. They won't know if you don't tell them, right? And we can all look around and go, they're going to tell them, right? No, or this person's going to tell them. Forget about all of that. We need you to tell them. You need to tell them. That's why you're there. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Acts in chapter 6. We're going to be in 6 and 7. We're going to look at a lot of verses today. So hang on tight. I want to welcome everybody joining us online. Thank you guys for being here as well on this Memorial Day weekend. And uh, you guys are so special. So thank you for being part of our community here from all over the place. So who inspires you from the Bible? Most of you guys are inspired by somebody. You probably have pockets of social media, some of you, and you follow people because they're an inspiration to you. Right? And, okay, somebody's yelling out Peter. Simon Peter, I love Simon Peter. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, inspirations there. and You do need to have some inspiration. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate one, right? He came and he modeled it. He lived the perfect life, tempted in all ways, like we were, yet without sin. And in the middle of John, he begins to tell them, and he tells his disciples, hey, get prepared. I'm leaving. I'm giving the recap for everybody who wasn't here. He, he said, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send one, or the Father's going to send one. And the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the God who walks alongside you, who will comfort you, who will guide you, who will fill you with power so that you can do what you're supposed to do. 
tell people about me, right? Acts chapter 1a, but you shall receive power. Don't forget this. I told you last week this is my most quoted verse, right? But you shall receive power. One more time, but you shall receive power, okay? A lot of you don't feel powerful, but you have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Some of you want the power, but you don't want to tell anybody, where you got the power. You need to tell somebody, right? And that's, what, that's part of the process. But you shall receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come up to you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So we have, yes, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is with us. He's filled us with power so that we can do the work of the Lord. We'll do the work of the ministry, right? But we also look at people. I like character studies, some of you are great studiers of the word, and you do, like, book studies or, you know, ideas or things like that. And some of you do character studies. You'll pick a, a character. Later on in the year, I think we're going to do a story on Gideon. We're going to look at his life and all the details of that in Judges chapter 6. And it's a great story, and it's a great character study. And the reason I like character studies is because they're people, <laughs> right? We look at Jesus, and, and then people throw off responsibility sometimes because they're like, oh, he's Jesus. He's supposed to get it right. He's God, right? And yes... But again, he says that he was tempted in all ways like we were yet without sin. He did it perfectly, so it's no excuse not to follow Jesus. We are following Jesus, but we can still look at these great examples of all these people who were totally imperfect, who messed up, who had flaws up and down, long lists of imperfections, and God still used them mightily. And one of the stories that we want to look at today is the story of Stephen. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. We pick up his story in Acts 6, and Stephen could not have done what he did without the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to break this down today, and we got to get moving, but we know he had this. Here's what I also know about life, and I've told you this, that it's not going to get easier for those who follow Christ. Okay? We understand that. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew the disciples then. The apostles would need the Holy Spirit. He knew we would need the Holy Spirit. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit to help us, right? To give us comfort, to keep us, to, to help us renew and strengthen, regeneration, to be an explainer of the truth. Because sometimes we're like, hey, man, it's just like we need the truth. And people are like, what are the truth? What your truth is not my truth. No, the truth is the truth, right? The truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so the Holy Spirit, one of his ways is to testify on Jesus' behalf and to explain the truth, to guide us into all truth, to lead us into the truth. And so we can't just throw off that responsibility. And just like Stephen, and just like you, and anybody who has lived for Christ in a powerful way, let me tell you something, your energy is not going to get it done. I don't care how many vegetables you eat. I don't care how much you work out. Your energy will fail you. Your energy is not going to carry you. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see what that looks like. We know what it looks like in God and Jesus. We want to see what it looks like in just a guy, just a, a regular, regular guy who's filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 6, here's what's happened. Let me give you a quick background. The Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and the promise came. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, right? He promised the comforter. He promised the advocate. The advocate showed up in a mighty way, right? Filled them with the Holy Spirit, all these gifts, and Peter stands up, another regular guy, and preaches one of the greatest sermons in the history of the world, and thousands of people come to know Jesus. It's like, what? And so now they're going like, what in the world? What are we going to do with all of this? What are we going to do with all these thousands of people? And it says that the Lord added to the church daily. He's just adding to the church daily. Now our church is growing. LifePoint is growing. Thank God 
for that. But a lot of times that growing happens weekly. And I know you guys are ministering, and thank you for that. So they were running into some problems because sometimes you add people, you have problems, right? And people are like, I've got this problem and this problem and this problem and this problem. We all have problems. And so they were trying to figure out how to do this, and they were distributing food and trying to help as many of the needs as possible. Acts chapter 6, verse 2 says this. So they, the 12 called a meeting of all the believers, and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so the brothers selected seven men who were well-respected, it's important, and are full of the spirit and wisdom. Full of the spirit and wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to operate with wisdom. We will give them their, this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll attack wisdom on that because they chose these guys, these seven men who were full of wisdom, right, who were full of the Holy Spirit, and now he is full of faith, right? And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that we see here, this. And he goes down, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an early convert of the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands Upon them. So God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Wow. Now, I've said this before, you know, we've, we've, we visit this passage every so often because it's an important way to understand how to live. But the number of believers greatly increased, so there's this, this, this call for each of us, because it can't just be me. As much as I would love to have coffee with you guys all week long, I love coffee. I got my blood pressure checked this week. My wife's like, you're cutting out coffee. You know, I'm like, just relax, babe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And the, Lord has, the Lord has it, right? And she's like, yes, he does, but you're going to cut out coffee. This is water in this cup, by the way. So just relax, everybody. And, uh, you know, but this, the, the needs are here, and there's this great needs of people. And, and, and it gets messy sometimes, but this is why it's important for you guys to live like you're supposed to live, to walk like you're supposed to walk, and to talk, and to minister, and to call each other, and to sharpen each other, because we, we can't meet everybody's needs. We can't, but we can. And I see that happen in our community, and I've told you this before, a lot of you guys have came because you heard, hey, the music's really good, or the lights were really cool, and that's fine, you come to show up, but that's never why anybody stays. They always stay because of community. They always stay because of community. Now, it's important that we teach you sound doctrine. We teach you the word of God. We're going to give you grace. We're going to give you truth. We're going to let, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We give space to God. So if you've never seen anything like today, this is space for God to move in your life. This is for him to speak to you. Yes, he can use me, and he does, and I open up the word of God, and he'll use the word of God, but I want to give you space sometimes and, and really a lot of times so that you can meet with God, and he can deposit into you what you need. You don't need my wisdom. You need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be full of me or full of the staff here. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And we see this. And, and Stephen was this kind of guy. But not only was he full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit and faith. Check this out. Verse 8 says that Stephen, uh, a man full of God's grace and power. We already said that. But you shall receive Power. You guys are getting it. We're going to get it. But you shall receive power. He's full of grace and power and performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. 
Stephen's spirit-filled life was on display. Your life's on display, too. <laughs> right? I just wonder what's on display. It's an important question. When people look at you, what are the conversations happening? What are you displaying among the people? Something's happening there that needs to be dealt with where we're like, hey, is this good or better? How are people following you? Paul said at one point, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. You should be able to see this in your life. So as you move, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of grace, full of these things, these are all spirit things. Stephen was this guy, but he was just a guy. So what does a Holy Spirit life look like? A Holy Spirit-led life. Galatians talks about a Spirit-led life. What does it look like? It looks like this story. And some of you think like you've been called on to volunteer and to help that's not a bad thing. Some of you act like it's a sentence to prison or something, right? Really, it's like, hey, we would love for you to serve here. Oh, God, you know, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? I love God and everything, but I don't want to serve. It's not, listen, when you start moving and living a spirit-led life, you're going to get called on. That's a good thing as you get called on, and we should grow and serve each other. But check out what happens. When you live for the Lord, not everything's easy. He said that himself. Verse 9 says, but one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Have you ever been witnessing to somebody and, like, the Holy Spirit just keeps giving you the answers? I love that. That's one of my favorite things. The one he just like takes over. You're like, I don't even know where that came from. I know where it came from. It came from the Holy Spirit, right? And if you will study the Word of God and spend time with the Holy Spirit, you will be ready to defend the gospel and to any up and kick in like you're supposed to. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God, this roused the people and the elders and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the council. He's in trouble now. Why would he think that he would be exempt from that since they just killed Jesus? Right? Maybe you think you're exempt from trouble in your life. I don't know if you are or not, but I would say get ready. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. So they lied about him. Some of you are being lied about right now. You're trying to live for the Lord, right? And there's people backstabbing you at work, right? It's a backstabbing environment. Well, those people don't know Jesus. Well, why would you expect it to be any other way? It's the way it is, right? That doesn't, it shouldn't change how you live, though, right? This is what it says in verse 13. It says, the lying witnesses, I like that. This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. First of all, the word always, always gives things away. <laughs> Don't use hyperbole unless you're talking about God. He's always consistent. If it's about anybody on earth or about anything on earth, any man-made systems, anything that has to do with people, you cannot use hyperbole. Things like never and always. We talk about that in relationships a lot, right? You never help with the dishes. Never? In all of our 20 years of marriage, I've never helped with the dishes one time? No, that's not true. 
You very often do the dishes, but I have helped on occasion. So never is not right. Always. You always do it. You, you never tell me you love me enough. Or you always say these types of things that I hear in relationships all the single time. It's not good, right? And so they give themselves away by saying this. Always. Verse 14 says, we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. These guys, they had Moses up there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These guys were the pillars of, of the faith, the forefathers of the faith, right? Check out 15. This is a spirit-filled life. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became bright as an angel's. How many of you heard this story before? A lot of you haven't. That's good. He's talking to them full of the Holy Spirit. His face is glowing. Some of you go to the beach tomorrow and your face will be glowing, right? That'll be mine. I, my, my wife's like, you don't get tan, you just get red and white. I'm like, thanks, babe. <laughs> That's a different kind of glow. This is the countenance of this regular man who is full of the Holy Spirit changes. Everybody begins to take notice like, whoa, 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 whoa. Something is different about this guy. This is, this is not normal. They didn't know what to do with it. And listen, when you're living full of the Holy Spirit and answering with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, people won't know what to do with that. It's going to confuse them because they're trying to figure things out with worldly mind. It doesn't work that way. And he's glowing and he steps up in a radical way that begins to blow their minds in this. Acts 7.1. Which over chapter 7 says this. It says, then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? If we haven't been clear enough in the last year, I want, I want you to hear this with all clarity. We're not waiting for the line to be drawn. The line is drawn. If you don't know where the line is and what side of the line you're on, like... <laughs> If you're not for me, you're against me, right? <laughs> if you don't know the Jesus side, not Jesus side. If you don't know where the line is, you need to talk to me immediately. Immediately. Because there is a pressing urgency in society right now that people need to hear the truth. And we need to have our lives changed by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. The line has been drawn. Are you with Jesus or not? That's it. And again, if you need help understanding that, please make an appointment with me. We will spend time because this is crucial. This is eternity stuff. I am very, very concerned about your eternity. I'm very, very concerned about everyone's eternity. And all of us need to get this. We need to get this right. This is the first step that we would ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Him run the show, not you run the show, not him run the show on Sundays only, but the spirit-led life. Every single day of the week, the line has been drawn. Are you with Jesus or not? It's up to you. This is a, this is a time to get it right. And I know that some people, so, they so bad want to be a hero. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, like, resolving things early on or making some plans. Hey, if this happened, I will do this. We've, we've had to plan for things that we never thought we would have had to plan for. This is crazy, stupid stuff because there's evil in the world, right? And bad things happen. But you need to check your mind. You need to understand. But I, I don't need to be a hero for the Lord. I just simply need to be obedient. 
I just simply need to be obedient. And that's what this is about. God calls us to stand in obedience, not, not just on Sundays again. It's so easy to be in obedience here. Yes or no? I mean, let's be honest for a second. It's church for goodness sake. I mean, come in here acting crazy, right? You come in here and you're pretty, hey, yeah, God bless you. Everybody's got their little mask on. And so we just get the mask off and say, my God, we all need help. We all need Jesus moving and, and active in our lives and the Holy Spirit doing something. As you stand in obedience, not when everything is smooth only and perfect, but every single day. Stephen, is this true? Is this true? Is this, is this what you're doing? <laughs> Verse 2 said this was Stephen's reply. Now I'm going to skip about 48 verses <laughs> for time's sake. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to read that this week. I'm charging you to read this week. Read this. If it won't do anything, it will give you a history lesson. <laughs> Stephen gives them a history lesson. And history is important. Why? Because they wanted they wanted to throw, hey, are you attacking Moses? Are you attacking the, four, the forefathers of our faith? No, what are you talking about, man? This is the building block. Jesus came to fulfill all of this stuff. So he breaks it down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, David, all the way. He breaks it down, and there's a major shift in the room at this point, I think. Because anytime you're ready to defend the gospel, it'll bring a shift in the room. Verse 51 says this, this is what he says to him after he gives them the history lesson. You stubborn people. You stubborn people. Where are my stubborn people at? Okay. The rest of you are too stubborn to raise your hand. So, right? It's all, we're all stubborn. We're all messed up, right? We're just stubborn about different things. What affects you doesn't affect me. Like, I don't care about that, but you mess with this? Right? We got problems. We're just stubborn about our own things. You stubborn people. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be called stubborn. Right? You ever throw that line out to your spouse? Like, you disagree with everything I say. And then you just wait. Because if they say yes, they disagree. And if they say no, you say, see? <laughs> like, you disagree with everything I say. That's hyperbole again. No, I don't. See? You're doing it again. It's happening. Right? He said, you stubborn people, you are heathen. You are heathen at the core of your life. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Man, I've, I've been ministering to some people lately, and, man, they're just deaf to the truth. Literally just like you're just giving it to them, and they're just like, blah. Their mind is so distracted. We are so distracted with everything in this world that you cannot even hear the truth. You're heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. You must Listen to this. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit's weird. Must you resist this forever? This is, this is for you guys. This is for all of us to, to hear this. It wasn't just for these people right here. This is for us that, that we absolutely need. It's crucial that we have the leading and the guidance and the protection and the peace of the Holy Spirit in this world. Why would we resist that? It's like Stephen has reached through time to tell us this today. Why are we resisting this? And some of you know what I'm talking about. It's like you, you're like you, you want to let go, but you, you just can't. It's like this holding on to it, and you think you got control of something. You don't have control of anything. You don't have control of anything. 
Everything you thought you have control of, it's an illusion. It can all be gone just like that. All you stubborn people. Unless you forever resist the Holy Spirit, that's what your ancestors did. And so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one. The Messiah, the one whom you betrayed and murdered. Oh, it's getting personal now. You deliberately disobeyed God's law even though you received it from the hands of the angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations and they shook their fists in rage at him. You're not aware this is our society now. Right? (laughs) The truth. The whole world wants to change what truth is. They call it subjective moral reasoning. Like, what's your truth might not be my truth. No, no, truth is truth. (laughs) Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the truth. I don't care what you think the truth is, right? This is the truth, right? And so he's giving them the truth, and it's really ripping them to the core. In fact, it ripped them to the core so much that they're infuriated. And it says they shook their fists in rage at him. That's going to happen more and more, people, as you share the truth with them. More and more people are just going to be infuriated that you would dare to tell them about Jesus. How dare you tell me about Jesus? That's going to happen. It's going to happen. But Stephen, halfway full of the Holy Spirit. That's not what it says. Full of the Holy Spirit. Check this out. This is important. Gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Some of you are so concerned about the outlook. Oh, it's grim. I don't know about this. I don't know what's going on. We get depressed and anxiety begins to take over and we're like, <gasps> right? This is not a great theologian, but Zig Ziglar, some of you know who he is. He said, when the outlook isn't good, try the uplook. It's always good. <laughs> when it looks stank over here, you got to change your perspective and start looking at the plans of God. That's exactly what Stephen did because the outlook was not looking good for him physically here. They hated him. He already knew what they did to Jesus. He knew that. He was aware of what happened. It was already just growing things. He knew what had been written in scripture. And so he changes his gaze. Where's your focus? Where's your focus, church? You better change your focus because if you're looking at the things of this world, you're going to be mixed up. You're going to be sad. You know, it's just going to be a total mess. But it says he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Man, more and more I'm just looking into heaven. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody just been looking at the sky lately and saying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I'm ready when you're ready. You know what I mean? But until then, I'm going to tell everybody I can about Jesus. But, but when you're ready, we're ready, right? We want to get this thing right. So Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, this is what he says in, in verse 56. He says, he told him, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He didn't just see him. He told him he saw him. He told him. <laughs> I love this because they're already mad at him. You're already mad at him and like, you guys are, you're not going to, we're going to shut your mouth. He's like, you're not going to shut my mouth. I'm going to tell you what I'm tell, seeing right now. Think I care about what you knuckleheads think? 
It's about me and God right now. My focus is heaven focused, and this is what we need. We need a kingdom and heavenly focused church. We need a shift that our gaze must lock with God, and it changes. The closer you are with God, the better your gaze will be. You're distant from God. This is why so many people are shaking in this last season, because you've been distant from God. You're going like, what do you want from me, God? What do you want? You don't know because you're not close to him. Well, guess what? God is inviting everybody to come. God's, God's message is always come. Come here. You're tired? Come here. You need rest? Come here. You don't have it weird, the anxiety, the depression? Come here. Let me love you. It's a heavenly focus that happens, and Stevens is on another level. But God didn't want to operate only in Stevens' life like this. He wants to operate in your life like this. And this is emotional, but just as your energy won't carry you there and get it done, neither will your emotions. You must be full of the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens. He tells them this. It says in verse 57 that they put their hands over their ears and begin shouting, and they rushed at him. They're so mad, they turn into little children, and they plug their ears. Make him stop, right? Stephen's a better man than me because I would get super sarcastic at that point. Like, really, he's like, look at you guys. You guys are plugging your ears. What's wrong with you? Are we adults in the room or what? But he's full of the Spirit. Again, people are, 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 are messed up. They're whatever you want to call it, moral compass. It's all over the roadmap. Focus. Understanding of truth is off. Ours cannot be. It cannot be. Truth has not changed. People have changed. But at this church, we preach the truth. We preach the truth. We love people. There's grace. If your life's a total mess, welcome. Welcome to the club, right? (laughs) Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. Me too, (laughs) right? And I need the truth. I need grace, and I need a beautiful balance of all of that to come together. But it's this shifting, right? This this people like too afraid to tell people like it is. That's just got to stop. It's got to stop. Verse 58 says, they dragged him out of the city. They began to stone him. And his accusers took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. If you don't know who Saul is, Saul later becomes Paul. Saul was persecuting the church. He was probably a harrower. He was the one getting everybody stirred up. You know people like that, instigators. Paul was an instigator until God dealt with him on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God straightened his life out. Remember the message, straight street? God put him on straight, straight street. Literally, that's what the name of the street was called changed his crooked spiritual backbone and made it straight with the power of God. It says, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed. My goodness, if you don't know what stoning looks like, now we, we see in this passage that apparently they knocked him down to his knees. In some cases, they would bury people like up to their chest. So basically their chest and head were exposed and they would throw rocks at their head till they died. It's a horrible death, right? Sometimes they would... Like, like Stephen, they would throw rocks at him until they fall down, and then they would bring bigger stones, and they just begin to stack them on him, crushing the air out of people. Horrific, horrific death. And here's how 
Stephen responds, says, as they're throwing rocks at him, they're throwing rocks at his head, Stephen prayed. My goodness, what a response. Is that how we're responding? I don't know. It's homestead. You know what I mean? Some of you are like, ah, no, 305, baby. <laughs> Stop that. Stop it. What if we begin to take on this type of attitude? Literally, like they're throwing, they're throwing rocks, God. Well, yeah, pray for them. Pray for them. This is what he prays. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. You know what? Something I become keenly aware of my body getting older lately. We were playing tennis last night, my daughter and my wife and I, and I was just like, my God, I think I might die. <laughs> you know, this, this could happen today. I'm, I'd already been studying, so I prayed this prayer. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit right here on the tennis court. It'll be just fine. Take care of my family. Halfway joking. <laughs> you know when you were a kid, how scared you were of dying? Some of you are still terrified of dying, and I understand that. I don't want to die today, but the older I get and the closer I get to Jesus, the less I care about it. You know what I mean? That's no karma. Right? I, I just don't care as much. I'm not saying I don't want to die today. I'm not depressed. I'm very much alive and hope in Jesus Christ. But I'm just saying that's not what concerned me. It wasn't what concerned Stephen at this point. Because he had a different, different gaze. It's hard to be full of the Holy Spirit. I said this last week. It's hard to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and strength and grace and peace and all the things and comfort. It's hard to be full of that when you're full of yourself. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So we have to pray prayers like, less of me, more of you. I, I need to decrease so that you can increase in my life. Those are hard prayers, but they're prayers that need to be happening. This is the type of life that Stephen was living in. This It says that he fell to his knees shouting. My God. Lord, don't charge them with this sin. With that, he died. Sometimes I think we, we want like this super flowery ending. Let me tell you that this is the flowery ending. <laughs> For some of you, you're like, oh, my God, he died. He should have been like, God should have protected him from the stones. And like, God took him to heaven. <laughs> God took him to heaven. It doesn't get any better than that, right? Check this out, though. What is the Holy Spirit, a, full, a life full of the Holy Spirit, what does it look like? It looks like this. You know why? Because as he's dying, as he's breathing his last breath, he, he, he turns into the perfect model of what Jesus did. What did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen, a regular guy, lied against. They, the scandal that came against him, they rushed him, they beat him, they lied against him, they threw rocks at him, and as he's dying, he, he picks up his cross and says, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Stand with me in this place real quick. Hang on tight. Some of you, as I, as I said that, you said, I could never do that. I say, you by yourself could never do that. You, full of the Holy Spirit, can absolutely do that.
by you're full of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to do things you never thought you could. Things like forgive. The weight of unforgiveness is killing some of you. Literally. I didn't plan to share this. I just, I just feel this, feel like the Holy Spirit speaking this right now, that this, this weight of unforgiveness is, is too, too much for you to bear. And yes, it is. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. To alleviate that. It doesn't make sense to us. Like, how can I experience peace? Because it's a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense here. You can't buy it. I can't give it to you, right? The beach, the keys, the boat, the house. None of that's going to give you peace. It might give you a temporary reprieve from the busyness of life, but it will not give you the peace of God. Peace of God is available in this room. The grace of God is available in this room. The hope of God is in this room because God is in the room and the Holy Spirit is in the room. Would you just bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, listen, it doesn't matter what you came in here with today, but it, it matters how you leave. Pray that nobody leaves here like they came in here, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do your work in us right now. I know you are. Turn it up, God. Turn up the stirring. Turn up the agitation in our hearts. God, empty us of ourselves right now. Just, just pray that prayer. Say, God, I just empty me. Save me from me, God. I, I got to decrease. I must decrease so that you can increase in my life. carrying that, that weight of unforgiveness today. Today's the day you let that go. Let it go today. Put it down in this place today. Say, I'm not going to carry it anymore. I put it down. No matter who hurt you, no matter what they did, put it down today and don't pick it back up. Instead, be full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for your great sacrifice for our lives. Tremendous sacrifice. Tremendous. Holy Spirit, thank you for always being there. Never leaving, never forsaking. Thank you for comfort. Thank you for the peace that's available. Thank you for the peace that we're experiencing in this room right now. It's transformational. I know you're working in each and every one of us and you have such a great plan and I just pray that that becomes abundantly clear today. God, we want to be spirit-led. 
full of the Holy Spirit, empty of ourselves, full of you. Jesus, be our Lord and Savior. Sorry for the things that we have held back from you. Holy Spirit, run the show. Put it all in your hands. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Will you put your hands together for the word of God, church? Thank you for tuning in to today's message. You can also watch this message on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Homestead. We hope you have a blessed week.